0: It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, April 6th. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is looking forward to spinning the tankathon wheel with you, Russ.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like the wheel of misfortune almost.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're going to see what the draft possibilities are based on lottery odds, as well as preview tonight's matchup against the Dallas Stars and the Frozen Four all on today's show. Hey there, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at @r_miriam. I'm here as always with prospect expert, Russ Cohen, who is on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Flyers to keep up with our episodes. You can also email the show at Locked on at Gmail or comment over on YouTube to ask us your mailbag questions. Subscribe or follow for free over on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Russ, as of recording, the Flyers have officially sent Sam Erson back to the Phantoms. I'm hoping that means that Carter Hart is good to go.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, whatever the slight injury was, seems to be clear enough. You know, we don't know what it is, but I I would think that that's really what's at play here. And so Ursan goes down, which is good for Lehigh and Carter Hart, you know, will play out the string. So that's what you want. You want him to go into the offseason feeling as good as you can about this season.
0: Yeah, exactly. I hope he gets at least a a couple of games in before the season is done. Uh, one thing that we did not talk about in our recap of the last game against the Blues is the Flyers set their franchise record for blocked shots uh, in the modern era. Um, the record had been 1,317 from 2010-11 and now sit at 1,323. 1,323. Uh, Ivan Provorov leaves the team with 152 block shots, and Owen Tippett is the forward with most uh, block shots at 64. Uh, I think going into this season, that's something we would have expected to go up, given the Torts' style of defense. Did you think it would be record-setting?
1: I did. I, I, I would have said so because I saw it happen with the other teams he played for, that that he coached for. and Honestly, it's just, I like to see it to some degree. I think there's a definite um, advantage to blocking some shots, but then there are other teams around the league with really good offenses that don't block as many mm-hmm. shots. And I've seen what shot blocking can do to guys' careers as far as uh, making them old before their time, making them uh, a lot more banged up. And that is my worry long-term is, and this is why, John's never really had a super long run with a team is because a lot of times those parts start breaking down. And so that's something where it looks fine now, and I give those guys credit, but I've seen that part happen too.
0: Yeah, in some ways I think it's a a catch-22, right? Because if you don't have the skill to create offense organically, you have to block shots in order to create those odd rushes the other way and then you do more of that and it, it adds to the, the grind and the wear and tear. So um, hopefully we can get some more quality, uh, skilled offensive players on the team over the next couple of years to, to lessen that load. Um, another uh, stat that you focus on sometimes, Russ, uh, more often than I do in particular, I uh, wanna ask you a quick question. Who do you think has the – of the regular face-off takers, without looking, who has the best face-off win percentage on the Flyers this year?
1: Uh, Are we taking out the guys that only get occasional, that may have a higher percentage? Okay. So it's of the main guys. Um, I'll take a ride on Morgan Frost.
0: That is incorrect. It would be Patrick Brown, who is no longer on the team. Um, and of the guys still left on the team, Kevin Hayes has the highest percentage, and he is a tick below 50% right now. He's at 49.9%.
1: That's my only thing about Hayes. Like Frost and Kate have taken more faceoffs than him for sure.
0: Yeah, it's just um he still has a pretty high number, but it's right. it's definitely not as much. Yeah, Frost is definitely at a higher percentage than Kates right now, but um, I just thought right. you'd be interested yeah, in that little that's good. That's good. that little tidbit to know yeah. that uh, Patrick, Patrick Brown, Brown is above 50%. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. All right, getting into tonight's matchup against the Dallas Stars. Uh one thing with Dallas is that they haven't played since Monday. Uh, so they've had a few days to rest up. They're generally pretty healthy. Uh, they just got Scott Wedgwood back, which was, you know, the, the bigger deal for them with their backup goalie situation because um, they've had to overplay Ottinger uh, a little bit uh, as of late. But Wedgwood played in that game for – dallas on monday Uh, they clinched a playoff spot versus the preds and have the possibility of winning the central so this is a motivated team here
1: no doubt it's a motivated team uh they've they're not that far removed from being in the stanley cup during the bubble they have um, some real good veterans i mean jamie ben's having a hell of a year Uh, i'm always amazed at tyler sagan after the double hip surgery uh he's come back pretty strong never going to be that guy that he was before, but pretty strong. And and Miro Heiskanen's just, if there wasn't an Eric Carlson, he would be right up there for the the Norris. I mean, 68 points, 11 goals, 57 assists. Like he, he's just tremendous, but he really doesn't get a lot of due, but he could beat you just on his own with just great breakouts, great passes on the power play those kinds of things. So Dallas is a hard team to handle and it'll be hard for the Flyers because same thing with St. Louis, they're going to get pushed around for a couple of periods. And then if Dallas has the lead, they'll sit on the lead with Jake Ottinger most likely in net. And if not, Dallas also has a lot of scores that they can come back from behind. So this is a game where the Flyers have to play the right five on five and not have a Keep going to the penalty box because this team's gonna, you know, Rupe Hints, another guy that is oh yeah, unheralded, right? Even though he gets a lot of points, this is you can't go to the penalty box as much as you did against St. Louis and hope that they're gonna go over because it, it's not gonna happen.
0: No, and on that top line with Rupe Hints is uh, Joe Pavelski, who's having a really solid season this year as well as
1: play. yeah.
0: I know. Well, it also helps when you put him with hints and Jason Robertson, who yeah. just broke Mike Madonna's single season scoring record for yeah. Dallas. He he has 101 points now. Two four point games in their last three outings, with a mere two points in the games in between. In the game in between, so uh, he is on a tear. He wants to carry this team on his shoulders, and he's doing just that.
1: He is. He's their star, and. Look, we're not going to say he's better than Mike Modano yet, but he has, you know, ten more years like this, and we'll be saying it. So right now, you're, he's another guy that's going to cause matchup problems for the Flyers because he uh, has speed, he has size, he will use some physicality. It's going to be hard to keep him away from the net. The Flyers don't do it generally a good job defending the net, so that's a problem.
0: Yeah, and you're absolutely spot on with staying out of the box because the star's first power play unit is Jamie Benn, Joe Pavelski, Jason Robertson, Rupe Hintz, and Mira Heiskanen, so that's all those top guys. he'd yeah, want to
1: face that, man.
0: No. Even Carter Hart
1: doesn't want to face that.
0: No, and I'm sure he would like you know a more solid defensive structure in front of him for that. But yeah, hopefully uh, Carter Hart will be in net for this game. Otherwise, it will be Sandstrom, uh, given that Urson started the last game. And and like I said, they sent Urson back down. But it's going to be a tough game, again, especially because Dallas is very highly motivated right now, uh, trying to get that division title. So... We'll see how it goes for the Flyers. It's, I believe it's their last later game of the season based on time zones. I guess there's Chicago next week, but.
1: uh, Yeah, there's Chicago next week.
0: We'll get into that. Uh, In the meantime, we are now, of course, turning a lot of our focus toward the draft lottery. And uh, we always have fun with the Tankathon website. And we are going to take some spins on that coming up next.
1: The NBA playoffs are almost here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Again, get in your bets on Joel Embiid for MVP now before the odds change because people are starting to think that way. Plus, FanDuel. Even let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com/lockedon. That's fanduel.com/lockedon to earn more. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: All right, Russ. It is officially Tankathon season. The draft lottery is May eighth, so it's not too far. Away. No. And uh, right now, as of recording, the Flyers are in the seven spot with a 6.5% chance to win that first overall pick, which is obviously Connor Bedard. Like, there's just. Yeah,
1: nobody's changing that. Nobody's trading up to do something else. Like, whoever gets that first pick is taking Connor Bedard, period.
0: So, uh, unfortunately, the teams above them keep losing, um, as are the teams below them. Yeah. Uh, but based on the point totals and scenarios, it seems likely that this is where they'll stay, unless for some reason the Flyers win out, which I find not likely. <laughs> and,
1: no, it's not likely based on the opponent.
0: Yes. Uh, now, if you look at, you know, splitting the pie into the 100% uh, chance to win that first overall pick. Seventy-six uh, percent of the spins are above them in the possibilities, and seventeen point five percent of spins are below them on the list. So that is like not uh, an not impossible great odds. not great odds because there's now that means there's that seventeen point five percent chance that teams below them will get either the one or the two pick overall. Right. So. That's why we got to be a little nervous here in uh, flyers land uh, about this. And, uh, I don't love those odds about with a team no. below them, uh, especially if it's a team like the caps, uh, that would hurt. That would hurt a lot. I oh, think yeah. if, if the caps were to suddenly move up and get a Bedard or a Fantelli. um, real rough, but. Uh, in order to try and assuage my fears, I did a small sample size run of it, and so I did ten spins on Tankathon, and we put a link to it in the show notes. If you're unfamiliar with the site, it's it's a great site that has like all the odds and lets you like spin the wheel, so to speak. Um, and so in my ten spins I did before recording, the very first spin I did got the Flyers the number one pick, so I was very pleased with that.
1: Just stop there.
0: I know I should have stopped there because of the next nine spins, five of them resulted in a team below moving up so that the Flyers moved down to the eight spot. Four of the uh-huh. spins made them stay at the seven spot and none of them moved them up to the two spot. So, given all that, uh, I'm still a little nervous here about what could happen. I am clearly not the ping pong ball or the computer that does it for the NHL. Anything can happen, of course. Uh, but that is where we are at here. So, we thought we'd look at some scenarios that the Flyers could wind up with as far as potential draft picks. Russ, uh, you, want, you want to give the tankathon wheel a little spin and see what you do in that scenario? Yeah.
1: And I'm going to give a disclaimer. There's still some season left, playoffs and otherwise. I still may change my mind <laughs> on some of these picks. But this is this is where I am today. OK, so, you know, until my next ranking. Anyhow, so here we go. So the Flyers on this spin are seventh. So like someone just texted me today, hey, um, would the Flyers be OK with Dale Award uh, who's a center? Would they be? I don't know. I would be okay with it because, uh, he's a defense. He's really good at defense. I don't want to call him defense first. Cause he's got a hell of a shot too. Uh, playing overseas, really good all around. There were some that questioned his offense. I think his offense may come, uh, on, on a smaller ice surface. I've seen his offense. I've seen his shot. His shots really good. So you figure it'd be between him and Oliver Moore, either way, uh, I think they would do really good if you want to get Oliver Moore because you know they're lacking like elite speed. Fine, then then get Oliver Moore. But either way, I think that's a that's a, a good way to go. All right, so we'll spin it again.
0: Well, I'm wondering about if Oliver Moore is your next choice at seven. Like, are there guys kind of in between them, between Dvorsky and Moore?
1: I don't think Will Smith will drop to seven. Anything's possible, but I just don't think so. And I don't think that, you know, Leonard would be the next pick, even though he's really good, and so is Sandy and Pelica. So I I think at seven, I kind of really think it's between these two at the moment. All right. I really do. I don't think Zach Benson will fall to seven. I think Zach Benson is the prize for the team that doesn't get one yeah. of the top four. Or maybe he even goes fourth, and, you know, Mitch Cuff, you know, falls down right. further. So, so that's you know, and of course, it was sad what happened with his dad. So right. we don't know what kind of implications that that might have with him staying over there for, you know,
0: family reasons. At least,
1: yeah, family reasons, and at least the remainder of his contract. So, I don't think right now there's anybody else to get in the way, at least not yet. Okay. All right. So here's another spin. So they get second. Ooh. Now, on this one. This is a tough situation because there's Fantilli and there's Carlson. I had Fantilli at two to start the year, for, and then I switched to Carlson, and Carlson's ripping it up in the playoffs. He's more than a point a game playing in the SHL. The difference of the two players, though, is – and Carlson's hard to, to handle in traffic. He's got a big body. Uh, he's got great eye-hand coordination. He could pass or score. He could do all those things, but Fantilli – does more things he he's physical he has just as good a shot he can take over a game the same way is he at the same level right this moment as Carlson now that you can make that argument that maybe he's not maybe because Carlson's playing in the SHL he's slightly ahead of him but again fantilly is an 18 year old playing in college so that's okay and he's going to go back for another year so the fact that that's going to happen, the only thing you worry about here is because the Flyers have done this in the past, and I brought this up yesterday, are they going to go for the player that they feel has the fastest path to the NHL? If they're going with that, then they're going to go with Carlson because right. Carlson could probably go there next year. If they're going to at least be willing to wait a year, another year, uh, like they are going to now with Cutter then then I think they would go with Fantilli. So, If I'm making the pick, I'm going to make it Fantilli. Uh, I think in the end, the Flyers would too, but this would create a lot of discussion.
0: Yeah, I wonder with Carlson, in terms of his transition to the North American game, if that would be a a concern for the Flyers in particular.
1: He's played well in World Juniors and international competitions, so I don't think that there's any concern for him. I think his game translates no matter what.
0: Excellent. Love to hear that. Um, keeping my fingers crossed that that's where the Flyers end up. Cause I don't want to hope for the number one pick and, and have it go. down. No, I think that is the
1: Flyers best case scenario. Like they move up five.
0: Yeah, I think so too. All
1: right. So let's see. Go again. So now on this one, the Flyers are back at seven. We've done that. We'll go again. Now the Flyers are at eight. That is a scenario that we've talked about.
0: 17.5%. Yeah, all of a sudden they're moving down.
1: If they're at eight, and let's say Smith, Benson, and Moore are gone, but let's say Mitch Kopp is there because it is a possibility. He's a tremendous player. He could be a franchise player. Are they going to wait as long as Minnesota waited for Kaprizov? Is this organization going to wait, let's say, now, we don't know who the GM's going to be, but let's say it's Danny Briere. Is he going to make that his first pick and not really have anything to show for it for three, four years? I don't know. I don't think they will. I've conferred with others, and others think the same way I do, that they wouldn't take Mitch Cobb, even though he'd by far be the best player there. So I think then going with that lens, um, then you're into the Dvorsky territory. Ryan Leonard territory, right? I don't think they would go with Sandy Pelica, even though I think he's a heck of a defenseman. I think for, and this is them. I think they think higher of Cam York than I currently do. I want York to straighten out his offense as far as his shooting. If he could straighten out his shooting, then
0: they don't need a guy like higher. that. Right.
1: Yeah. I'd be higher on York. Uh, Sandy Pelica is a tremendous power play guy too, but already, you know, they do have some other power play guys in the right. system now, now. So, you know, now that Andre's here, so I don't think they would go for that. So I think then you're talking about Leonard. I think you're talking about, now Semishov could be another interesting one. He is a defenseman, but he has mega tools. Like this guy is just a tremendous skater, tremendous offensive defenseman. Like, you know, you, you could be looking at an offensive dynamo when he eventually comes. Would they take that?
0: That I would be a reach. I think that would be a reach for them. I think they also might consider Braden Yeager.
1: Uh, I I wouldn't take Jaeger. I think his stock has dropped tremendously. Two years ago, yeah, I think they would have considered him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think he's the player people thought. But Edward Schala is another one, a Czech player, who kind of is a polarizing guy. He's got tremendous shot. He is a really, really good competitor can be a high scorer uh you know the same way that the rangers took hedel and people sort of looked at him and now hedel's a 20-something goal scorer yes he is you know there's there's always this question about you know these czech players and it's easier to to come up with the negatives over the positives but if it's me if i'm going between the players that i said i'll go with ryan leonard uh because he um He's got this physical edge to him. He knows how to get to the net. He's smart. He's feisty. And he's still a high offensive player, but he's not as high as what Shala could be. And so that's – and even Kobe Barlow, like the goal scorer that he could be because he's one of the best goal scorers, if not the best goal scorer in that next grouping. But I'll, I'll still go with Leonard.
0: All right. Well, we will continue to follow these prospects as, you know, some of them finish up their seasons in the playoffs in uh, leagues around the world. Uh, in the meantime, we've got the frozen for this weekend with some flyers prospects and draft eligible prospects to keep an eye on. And we will talk about that next. Today's episode is brought to you by indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could handpick the best stars for your business team? If you're building your talent roster, you need Indeed. It's the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place, instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find the candidates with the right skills You need one powerful partner that can help you do it all. One of the things I like about Indeed, it makes it so easy. Indeed partners with you on every step of the process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post. Candidates you invite to apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates who only see it in search. And now you only pay for quality applications that meet your hiring criteria. Visit indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply, cost per application, pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Russ, the Frozen Four starts tonight with our two semifinal matches Uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern. We've got Minnesota versus Boston University, that's the big one for Flyers fans. Uh, Boston University, of course, we've been talking about this. They have Devin Kaplan and Jay O'Brien, the giant question mark college uh, prospect and then uh, minnesota has bryce bradzinski who we talked about last week in depth Uh, he won the player of the region in fargo for the first portion of that tournament and i am excited for this one and to see especially what david kaplan and bryce bradzinski can do
1: yeah i think bradzinski right now is is a very hot player and i think because he could score greasy goals and and is a good skater uh, will definitely be a problem for this. Kaplan has been a guy, though, that has scored important goals for mm-hmm. BU, and O'Brien's been kicking in all year. I know Flyers fans want to just, you know, grab this second pick and just diminish what the kid's done, but, you know, he's been good. I mean, he's been really, really good. And, it, you know, I'm most interested to kind of see what the Flyers think of him now because they never talk about him. So I really have no idea, you know, what they think of Jay O'Brien, But – they're not stocked at the center position. And so it does make me think that they have to look at this and say, this kid has a big tournament. Maybe they should go over to him. Uh, you know, I had one person bring up to me at one point, like, hey, his goal scoring's down. And my answer was, hey, he's a playmaker. Yep. He's not a goal scorer. Like, his, his points are up. I mean, that's what you want.
0: And he's not a, a where he's scorer. plotted on BU makes him more likely to be a playmaker right it's, yes that's the role he's playing with this team
1: yeah and, and that's you know again that's his nature and that's that's where again when it gets harder to score goals uh if you have a guy who could play make that's more translatable than sometimes trying to get the goal scorer to actually score goals at the next level that's that's a lot harder so i look at o'brien and i say i somebody's going to give him a chance whether it's the Flyers or not, somebody will. And it'll be interesting to see what happens, but as far as this series go, yeah, I think he's a player to watch.
0: Yeah, and I really feel like this game could go either way because uh, you know both teams have played really well, but also have taken a little bit of time to get those wins. Like they've won later uh-huh. in the games, in this tournament and in their conference tournaments. So uh, it should be actually a really fun matchup overall. Uh, the other matchup is at 8.30 Eastern, Quinnipiac versus Michigan. And this is like, I feel like it's a David and Goliath situation here with Quinnipiac. They ha- they're they a really good team, but they have like a more balanced team effort with fewer future NHL players currently on their roster. Um Uh, with Michigan being the number one team in the country who's really stacked, including Adam Fantilli, right? Um, uh, But on Quinnipiac, I would say players of note, Skylar Brindamore, the son of Rod, is a forward on that team. Um, They have an undrafted sophomore, Colin Graff, who's had a a really great season. Uh, But, you know, this is not a, a team of giant stars,
1: No, but there's some really good players here. I mean, again, a lot of what makes teams great and sometimes gets me to pick them is how many seniors do they Mm -hmm. have? Uh, Ethan DeHong, I've been watching him for years, and he's having his best year. He's got 18 goals, 39 points. He is a really good undrafted player. Like This guy, uh, I think we'll have teams looking at him, and he doesn't get talked about very often. Uh, Really good, fast, good all-around player. Sam Lipkin is a tremendous player. I mean, he's more than a point a game for them he never gets talked about he did play for the chicago steel which was a big time team he also played on the world junior team and he's only 20. so right. this is a guy who right now and he's 6'3. so this is a guy who can help to take over a game brindamore is okay like i've watched him enough the last few years and he's a decent player um but also jacob quillen is a really good player very effective good goal scorer for them He's an Arizona draft pick. Oh, no, no, he's not. Sorry. Um, that, that quick. <laughs> my computer was behind. But Lipkin's the Arizona draft pick. Quillen is undrafted. But I don't know if he'd come out after two years. He's only 21. Uh, he probably would would stay in. So I like Quinnipiac. And I don't think it's Davy versus Goliath because I like Rand Pecknall. Rand Pecknell is a heck of a coach. And right now, he's been coaching for 29 years. How many years has the Michigan coach been coaching him?
0: One. Well, yeah.
1: That sometimes has a a big factor in, in college sports. And so I'm looking at, and almost on the strength of Rand Pecknold, I, I think Quinnipiac has a great chance here. And I didn't love the way the last game went for Michigan. Now they did Come out and get that great goal. Sam Miskevich got that great goal. Fantilli got the game-tying goal. All that was great. But Penn State gave them fits with their speed and everything else. And they don't did. kid yourself. Rand Pecknold's going to look at what worked in that in that game and do that. Yeah, he absolutely will do that. Because I've, I've covered enough ECAC and covered his teams to know what he does to keep his teams competitive. And, like I said, he is a heck of a coach. And I – really think people are underestimating quinnipack here
0: yeah well we will catch up with how all of this played out on the monday show once the tournament is over uh really going to be a fun weekend of men's college hockey overall always love the frozen four it's in tampa this year and will definitely be uh, easy to watch on tv so if that's your thing, I would highly suggest watching, especially for those Flyers prospects. Oh yeah, that will that will do it for today's show. Uh, we will be back again tomorrow to recap the game against the Stars. We're gonna take a little deep dive into some third round draft pick possibilities. Uh, as as of now, the Flyers have a couple of them. Uh, with asterisks next to them. so uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. but uh, really want to get started looking at some of those depth guys in the draft this year. And we have uh, matchups against the Isles and Bruins this weekend to talk about. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. so send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at lockdown flyers. You can email us at lockdown flyers at gmail or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel, I'm on Twitter at rmiriam, that's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ, I'm at Sportsology, S P O R T S O L O G Y.
0: Thanks for making a Locked On Flyers your first listen today. Now make your next listen, Game to Game NHL. It's every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. It's on your Locked On NHL feed anywhere you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.